I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Welcome back to An Omnia Pradus, where we are getting ready to celebrate one of the biggest, brightest, best events of the year. My birth. It's your co-host, Jay. And I'm Angela. Welcome. (laughs) I really like this ongoing countdown to birthday. I'm just giving people the optimum amount of time to remember without Facebook. That is good. I had a friend, friend of the podcast, as you guys know, Megan, my big, she actually texted me on her birthday this year and I forget which celebrity it was, but she texted me like, OMG, I have the same birthday as X person. It's today. And I was like, oh, happy birthday. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I'm going to use this now to tell people that it's my birthday without telling them it's my birthday. I was like, is that that what you were doing today? Oh, I love that for her. She's like, no, it just real. It just it just dawned on me. Well, you know, we all can't celebrate our birthday with a national holiday, uh, so we have to find sly ways to remind people. I still stand by. If your birthday falls on any old Tuesday on not a holiday, your people are more likely to remember it. Fair. There was that great time in college where you get all like the midnight birthday texts, and now my birthday texts roll in between like six thirty and eight thirty a.m. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like when people like first wake up and whatever it is that alerts people now. I know Snapchat used to and Facebook, but Instagram doesn't do that. So how do people remember now? They're just good people. Oh, okay. Well, the good people of the world wake up and they apparently have alarms set to remind them to text us. And specifically you between 6.30 and 8.30 a.m. I know. Ideally, like we could sparse it out a little bit more, but like I'm not complaining. (laughs) Just like when you wake up to like a bunch of them and then you reply and then like it's like dead for like hours and hours and hours and hours. Silent. Yes, but it's okay. As we've said, we will be in Disneyland for my birthday this year. Mm-hmm. We leave on Sunday later this week. Oh my god, it'll be so sad if this doesn't happen. And we've been leading up to it for three weeks. Surprise, surprise. We're entering our own multiverse and recording maybe not the exact week this is going live. <laughs> okay, but I feel like we, we were doing pretty well up until this point. We, we are. We could have we kept it going. We could have, but my point being like... What if, like, we don't go? I know. Knock on wood, we're going to Disneyland. We're going. We're I'm meeting Agatha. Going. And Spider-Man. Okay. And a Stormtrooper or two. Flynn Rider's reunion. Mm-hmm. We're ready. Yes. Oh, wait, that actually, that brings me into one final question. Because as I've been packing, I've been trying to figure this out. Do I, should I have, like, cupcakes or something waiting for you when we get there? No. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, I appreciate the gesture. But, like, we get in late. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not going to post pictures of, like, the hotel room because, like, we're going Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, that's fair. I was just thinking about it because I've done a lot of, like, cupcake cake pie runs for people's birthdays this year. So I was thinking about it and I didn't want you to feel left out. I appreciate that. No, I'm good. We can get food in the park. Or, like, when we do my birthday up here in the Mm -hmm. bay again with other people. Okay. We might do something like that. But I appreciate the thought. Very nice. Very nice. You said you had a story for us this lovely morning? I did, yes. And it was actually, it was inspired by the cake question because I've been setting reminders for myself to ask you about that. But the last time I went to pick up someone's birthday cake and like I I brought it over to them and then, you know, we had it together and like hung out for a little bit. But it was really funny because I guess he also had some other plans that night that he had forgotten about. And he got a text message saying like, hey, like, are we still on to meet at so-and-so? He's like, oh, wait. He's like, I can't anymore. He's like, I'm already hanging out with you. That's okay. He's like, I'll just tell them you have like a problem or something and you need like, (laughs) 
we we have to like stay home. And that brought me back to college when everyone used to use me as their excuse. Angela and say, has a problem. Angela has a problem. And that was just the easy way for everyone to get out of going to like anything. Anything. Absolutely anything. Family event, birthday party. Um, I, I think even someone used it once for a final they weren't prepared for. <laughs> like they ne- still needed like six more pages for their essay. So they like email and they're like, my friend has this huge problem. Like I took them to the doctor, like com- completely fabricated. But like I was the inspiration for this because I was with them. And so I started thinking about it and I was laughing about it. But then I also realized like how big of a monster it turned into because one of our good friends actually at one point when she lived at home for her last year of college, her parents weren't that excited whenever she said she was going to hang out with me because they just knew me as like the girl who always had a problem because they were so used to hearing Angela has a problem from her and other friends when they wanted to get out of something. So they thought that I had a lot of issues and I was going to be a bad influence on her. You're not a bad influence, but you do have a lot of issues. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Granted, I I do have a lot of issues, health issues, familial health issues. There, There are a lot of things that go on around me. So it's really not much of a surprise whenever someone says Angela has a problem, but also it just rolled into something of its own. So half the time that people say Angela has a problem, I don't actually have a problem. It's just, it's believable that I would have a problem. Yeah, I think people used it for different things you weren't attending. Yeah, I even people who didn't really know me, I think one of your roommates in college once said like, oh, my roommate's friend Angela has a problem. Oh yeah, I'm sure she did. <laughs> that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Freshman year or senior year? Senior year. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was just thinking about that the other day. Man, good times, but also bad times because now I'm just known as to everyone as the girl with the problem. You could be known for a lot worse. That's true. Very true. Which leads us right into today's episode topic, everyone. Assumptions that people have about us that aren't necessarily correct. Or are. Or maybe they are. Who knows? We might figure out some things about ourselves in this process. For Boomer Angela over here and anyone else who doesn't watch YouTube videos, this is like a tag a lot of influence will do on their Instagram will be like what are your assumptions about me we all now know you can fill in those with your own answers because there's no name attached or only the person who sees it can name we don't know exactly who's asking these questions allegedly it's fans or allegedly if they're trying to get clout they can ask themselves so I trying to be the emotionally intelligent growth expensive therapy payer I am wanted to take kind of this whole assumption thing a step further and like how some of these assumptions have shaped us helped hurt evolved from you know it's birthday season reflection all the good times, bad times, best of times, worst of times. Another year older and wiser. Good job, Jay. Thank you. So I think like a good one for us to start off with, if I may. Okay. I think it. I would go with how our first kind of nickname started. Oh, okay. This is a good one. So when Angela and I started becoming friends, we got called extensions of each other by one of our sorority sisters and kind of just like decided to feed into it. So we just started calling each other extensions. And so like a big thing of that became like, oh, like two peas in the pod, little dancing emoji, all that kind of stuff. But looking back on that, I think it really, I don't want to say like damaged our relationship because I think that's a bit extreme, but it's kind of, this is like on a very, very like diluted scale of like an influencer relationship. But it's the thing of like when you're known for being part of a duo or being part of a group of people and like that's how you're placed in other people's minds. I think that 
it's hard to balance your actual relationship versus the perception of the relationship. Mm-hmm. No, I agree because I think that it it became complicated for us because we maybe set some unrealistic standards for ourselves in where and how we needed to be there for each other that weren't necessarily put there by us, but were put there by other people. And then I also think that it was damaging of how we continued to form or keep relationships with other people because some of them looked at it as like, oh, well, whenever we invite one of you to something, we're getting the other. So in... Which we never put up. Like, it was never a thing of like, I never asked you to go to anything with anyone and vice versa. Like, we never yeah. asked. It was never like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Alan. You're like, oh, I'll get my bag. It was never a... Th- we didn't do that. Yeah, and it also wasn't a th- Like, when I first joined the sorority, like, my twin joining that year, I was like, if she's not my twin, I'll die. I was super dramatic about it and telling everyone that. But I was never that way with you saying like, oh, if Jake can't come, I don't want to come. And also, all of our mutual friends, we love and adore you and love to see you. We also necessarily didn't have, like, the eager beaver to, like, go hang out with the other people's friends all the time. Yeah. We, we're two people who are very respectful of boundaries in that way because of past friendship relationships that we've had. So we don't like to look at it as, like, what's yours is mine. Like, your friends are my friends. We're, we're pretty respectful of that and we like to wait to be invited into each other's world. And we do like expect to some extent like I think if Angela never mentioned me or offered for me to hang out with her friends especially since we are all in the same sorority like it'd be a little bit weird Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like every time she got a call to hang out I was like can I come? I did expect fries if she got fries when she came (laughs) home but like I didn't expect that. But I remember this happened from numerous people and which is where like I think not where our friendship problems kind of started but where we kind of started to realize things separately which is where multiple people would say like didn't Angela tell you or didn't Jay tell you this or I don't want to tell you because of her or Mm -hmm. she's gonna tell you and we hadn't gossiped made lines about other people Mm -hmm. sure like all bratty college girls we have opinions like oh did you see what she was wearing like we'd have our own opinions but it wasn't like oh so and so got an STD at this house I'm gonna go share it with you we were both very non we didn't even bring it up because we knew we shouldn't be speaking about Mm -hmm. our other friends mutual friends whatever but like we were pulled outwardly well if we know one of you knows the other one's gonna know or the big thing for me is I would get a lot of times asked like where's Angela and it's like I don't know you have her phone number (laughs) call her Mm -hmm. a lot of things I was a lot more active in the sorority because Angela had some health things going on that she didn't know about so I would go to like a lot of things and anytime any of the people who were closer to Angela came there oh like where's Angela it's like I don't know I came with Del I came with Grace I came with Allie I came with something they're like oh like is she coming it's like again or no and it's like I think part of the thing I did was like I tried to be nice if you're okay like tell Megan I can't come or do Mm -hmm. something I, I would try to do it but I think what that did was it set the precedent for them that they could just use the other as a conduit. Mm -hmm. I think over the years, especially like since we're we're not in the same place all the time, it's gotten better. But we still do run into that from time to time where if say like we're both going to the same place and waiting for friends, like you might be asked, hey, like, do you know where Angela is? When it would be just as easy for them to text me versus asking you to text me. And I think in a way, like, I don't know, I don't want to say that it like, it causes issues between us, but sometimes it does because then we feel 
feel like one of us is only there because the other one is. It's like, oh, well, if say, for example, like Brian asked you, hey, like, is Angela coming today? Or like, where is she? And then like, you're the only one like texting me about it. Then it's like, I might feel like I'm only going to hang out with you and Brian because you're like actively talking to me about it versus like him like showing an interest mm-hmm. in it. And so then I feel like I'm just tagging along to your guys' plans. Yeah, I definitely get that. I think the other thing though, which is like, we've talked about this, which isn't really the topic. So I'll get back to it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Something that I'm really like older, wiser Jay is kind of coming in terms with in a lot of relationships that I think we all kind of need to check in once in a while. It's like, what version of a person are we interacting with? So old Angela, like college, especially younger college Angela, would leave her phone in her dorm, would go days without answering her phone, her text, wanting to be like a nomad off the grid. So a lot of times to get to her, they knew they could get to me faster. I had more attachment to my phone. I was on social media more. I did the thing. So people just like kind of got in the habit of that. And again, we could have, we didn't really have boundaries and no boundaries very well. Could have like set that up earlier, but I was like, oh yeah, no, like Angela's with me right now and I have my phone, so I will just respond back. Mm -hmm. You've gotten a lot better using your phone, but I think a lot of people like aren't acknowledging because if you don't stop and really think about it, like they still think they're talking to 20, like 14 Angela who doesn't have her phone. So like, Mm -hmm. well, of course Jade's gonna get through to her because she can always get through to her. It's like, yes, but I can get through to you maybe like a little bit faster, but not so much faster like than anyone else could at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, frankly, it's like, fortunately, just like due to life, due to work, our podcasting now, I can't go days without looking at my phone. It needs to be there. I need to check it every few hours at least. And so it's like, yeah, granted, like Jay's messages are pinned at the top of my phone. So like, I will see those like automatically, even if like I've gotten like 20 other text messages from people because those are always going to be at the top. But I still look at everyone's like, it's not as if I'm only looking at yours and then I'm not looking at anyone else's for three days. No, just to go along with that point as well. I totally forgot it. Can't help you. Oh man. Two separate people here. I know. Oh, I got it. And just to go along with that point as well, I feel like in keeping in mind with like what version of a person you're speaking to, I had this conversation recently with another friend who I don't really keep in contact with very often. So sometimes I'm not exactly sure how to speak to her because like we can go like months and months without talking. I think the last time we even talked before I saw her in person was almost a year. Like there was almost like a year in between that. And so I was actually like talking to her about that. I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I know that like, I want to reach out to you a lot more. And she's like, you should, you absolutely should. And I was like, but sometimes I feel like I almost give myself an imposter syndrome because I, we are different people and we're not in the same space and we don't really talk a lot. I was like, but I know it's so easy to talk to you, but sometimes I psych myself out. And I feel like that almost might be what our friends do a little bit when they think of us. When, especially like if we go in between, like say like Grace is a mutual friend of ours but like you guys are a lot closer and like you guys talk more often than we do so I think sometimes like I freak myself out when I go to text grace I'm like oh no like I only have like three things to say and then what am I gonna say after that it's just like no like I can say those three things and it's okay and then our conversation is gonna flow from there yeah I think that's definitely a thing with like mutual friends I also just think like in terms of even our friendship because like a few weekends ago like you slept over and like we had like a friendship audit. Yeah. And the thing is like that I brought like not to air our dirty laundry, but I think this is the reason I wanted to podcast because I think this is like the important stuff to talk about is like, mm-hmm. I said like, I think we're slipping into some of our old college habits. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're not healthy college habits or I wouldn't have felt the need to bring up a friendship audit. But it was the thing of like, even though we've worked, I would say very hard on our 
friendship to keep it and Mm -hmm. to have it work and to sustain it and to grow it it's hard sometimes just like old habits what's the phrase old habits die hard yeah like there are patterns and there's just certain things that get in like I remember my friends from high school loved them to death I remember the first few breaks we'd all interact again I got so petty and I got so like jealous and there were certain competition games I would play and certain things and it's like I would tell Angela or Allie or Grace and they'd be like who are you like this isn't like what what is happening it's like when you get around people who you were a certain way with sometimes it's just hard and you have to actively like step out of it and remind yourself and remind the other person like hey look at how I've been the past year or the past two years or it's like you know I've been working on this like I know for like this amount of time you knew this but like please trust and give me space to grow out Mm. of this I agree and I think well first of all we'll take this time a shout out to my lovely little because we always seem to take these friendship audits in her presence yep Like, I think this is the the third friendship audit we've taken with her. Has it? Yeah. When were the other two? Senior year, Paris, and now. Was there one in Paris? I think we, we, we all needed a friendship audit in Paris. Okay, I blocked it out. Yeah. I got pickpocketed, so like, that kind of Yeah, that, that, that took up a lot of time. That, that, that's it. That took a lot of space in your, in your trip memory, so yeah. But we, we did have a mini one. I think I, I like helped facilitate it when we first got there. With me and her? Or you facilitated me and you? You and her, and then like a couple days later, it was all three of us, which I think she did that one. Got it. Yeah, but yeah, no, so thank you, thank you little for sitting through these. Um, It's good. It teaches her how feelings work. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that it's, we were going to wait to talk about this in like the later podcast too, but I think it's one of those things that like we talk all the time. We podcast once a week, if not once every few weeks, we're constantly talking about podcasting, our job struggles, our job journeys, the everything that we're doing to try to better ourselves, but we haven't really spent a lot of time just being friends lately. Yes. And I think it always reminds me of Blackish when Dre and Bo had to go to couples counseling and the counselor reminded them, it's like, your relationship is the Thanksgiving dinner. It's like you put the turkey in the oven and you forget about it and you work on the sides. She's like, but you still have to check on the turkey. And we <laughs> and we forgot to check on the turkey. So well, now we're trying to be better about that. I think the thing that's hard though is this podcast started as like an outlet, as a mm-hmm. creative thing for us to do. And it's like conversation in the podcast are pretty raw and real and what's going on relatively in the moment. So it's like a thing of like, we're getting a lot of the conversations out, like how we did an episode on Shang-Chi the night we watched it. We would have had that conversation anyway. I wouldn't have read that awful money book otherwise. But like, <laughs> or Gatsby, like I, hopefully the next book you assigned me to read can be like a quality one. But like certain things we would have done anyway. We're just doing it, granted, a little bit more filtered. I wouldn't say like significantly filtered. I just think the certain things of like, like if I knew something would go into a current struggle and let's say like dating Angela's having I'm not gonna lead the conversation publicly into something I know she's currently sensitive about and vice versa like it's just not gonna lead into something that it could dive right off if we were just talking but like it's not that we're not being honest or having full conversations here So I think for a while, especially during the pandemic when we couldn't see each other at all, this became a creative fun outlet because now we've done it for so long. I think it has become not like chore to do because like granted if I could be a millionaire and just do this for the rest of my life, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not as much of a hobby anymore as it was when we started it because we can now hang out and do other things. And because we're busy having other lives, we haven't done it. But this is like the one point like where we're, oh, we have to do the podcast. So we make time to do it rather than like we have to make time to go get dinner. But October, we plenty to do. <laughs> After when this podcast goes live, we will have seen each other at least once to twice a week. Oh my god, yes. 
<laughs> we're gonna do so much and then and then we lull out in november but we have a pretty good amount of stuff that we want to do in december we're just not, de depending upon if things hold out we're not like lulling out we just don't have anything like particularly planned like mm -hmm. october's just particularly busy month in true jay and angela fashion we've rambled on about this first point first assumption for a while <laughs> do you have a personal one you'd like to bring to the table um well this this one applies to both of us of course it does both of us in college were nicknamed princess when we were freshmen <sighs> yep i feel like we have some things to cop to here but also at the same time maybe not i think it also just has to do with when you get a large group of people together living on their own for the first time it's like that's when you learn about the different ways that people live and the different things that have been taught to them well to segue from that mine were all of my male hallmates who called me princess were yours same both? Okay, so how did you get your nickname? And then I'll go into how I got mine. I, okay, so first of all, I wouldn't go outside without shoes on. Okay. I just, that's, I don't know, like that, I think that also just has to do with like my particularly like not liking. Hand to foot to mouth disease, we know. Yeah, so I just, I always put some sort of shoe on, but then I also, I don't know, I'm just like, it's sturdy. There are things on the ground. Like I've never particularly been like a person who likes sitting on the ground. I like to have a blanket ready. I don't like to just sit on my jacket. I like to to be prepared for outdoor excursions. So that was, I think that was my first foray into princess land. And then from there, they liked to try to find like other things that I was like a little bit more finicky about. Was this like one occurrence or did it take a few occurrences for you to like acquire the snake? I think it took a few occurrences. Okay, so for me, it was a one and done. So I mean, I might or may have not mentioned this on the podcast before. I had a gluten allergy until I was eight. And back then before it was trendy for whole foods, before that even existed and all these things, you could not get gluten-free bread. It was very mm -hmm. difficult to. So I grew up not eating sandwiches. And since I fortunately grew out of it, there have been a lot of bread I have consumed and I do consume. Sandwiches just never did it. I also don't love condiments. So it kind of, to me, is like an equal pairing of why I don't love them. I tried my first hamburger this year. It was fine. Not a big burger person. I know burgers aren't exactly a sandwich. It's the closest I've gone. <laughs> but the point being, I don't eat sandwiches. And when my hallmates heard that one statement, they're like, what? I was like, I didn't eat sandwiches. Like there was no gluten-free bread, like I ate sushi and other things like, oh, like you're a princess. So I got it after one interaction and one conversation. Oh boy. So for me, this princess one cuts like a lot deeper than like, that's like one of the occurrences. But like I've my entire life, not like to go off like about me per se, but like I've always like had a bit of a chip and a bit of a thing because I like pink. I like girly things. I like the things, this is, that society and the patriarchy have told me my place in society is. Here's the thing though, my family is very diverse of thought, very into do what you want, be what you want. Like I also really like math. Math was always my favorite subject in school. I'm not like, I can't code to save my life, but like I can set up most people's computer if people give me their phone or their laptop because they're having a having like a minor thing. I can troubleshoot most things. I like technology. I like tinkering. Like my mom always wanted me to be an engineer because I like to tinker. Like one of the things I did over quarantine, our fridge broke. Unfortunately, it's broken again. But like I figured out a video on YouTube on how you can put like a house fan behind it to keep it cooling enough before we could get a repair person in. I like to tinker. I like these kinds of things. And I kind of succumbed to the fact that I couldn't have both sides. Like I wouldn't be 
I don't say value, but it's like I wouldn't be looked at the same to do both. And it's like I also didn't like sports as a kid. So it's like between liking pink, liking girly things like wearing skirts and wearing dresses, people pigeonholed me and I let them because the one thing I said I would never do is I said I would never act stupid for a boy. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many girls who were like, what is like the weather? And like, why is the sky blue? Like, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm absolutely not that bitch. It's so ridiculous. Women standing up for women, women should not be stupider than they are to have to get a man, Mm -hmm. period. For me, because of that, I was like, well, I'm not gonna dumb down my intelligence. So I guess like, I'll like damsel and distress it a little bit. I'll play into that because I'm not gonna play into like not being as smart as I am. And I think like only recently have I been willing to hold both sides equally invaluable and be like, yeah, you know what? I don't love playing sports. I don't love watching sports, but like I can do other things. And whether I do them in a pink shoe or a black shoe does not matter. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I think that, I don't know, like I was a really big proponent of that as a child. I was like, I refuse to like pink because I'm not going to be put in like your pretty princess stereotype, but I like being a pretty princess. So this this is one that I'm going to cop to. I am kind of a princess. I like having certain things done for me. I like knowing that they can be done for me. I like, I like putting thought into like my hair and my makeup and things like that. But at the same time, I also don't like that it becomes something where you get labels like high maintenance because I feel like I'm actually like a pretty like low maintenance person like in in a pinch I can do everything myself I'll throw it together no problem I'm I'm never gonna cry because like you won't hold a door open for me oh god but like it's it's one of those weird things where it's like you feel like you have to choose one or the other mm-hmm. but you patriarchy don't ha- yeah it's like you don't have to it's like both things exist in the same plane and I feel like there's just there's I don't know I don't want to say it's like that there's not enough that's done to reinforce that but I feel like still in terms of the way that like we're educating young women like as far as what I've seen there's it's still being thrown a lot into extremes and it feels very performative a lot of the times like Mm -hmm. I'm a scientist who wears heels I'm a mom and a doctor like it I feel like it's overly emphasized versus Mm -hmm. like the high maintenance one is one I've gotten my entire life and it's the one that drives me the most insane because the thing is I don't feel like people use the term correctly I think with the I like luxury things I like expensive things that does not make me a high maintenance person and like when people get to know me frankly even when people get to see me and Angela together everyone will assume I'm higher maintenance than she is spoiler alert I'm not (laughs) but like the reason it is is because like when I leave my dorm room, even if I threw on a sorority tank and shorts, if I was wearing a sorority tank with a white font, I'd pick white sneakers to go with it in a cute little white bag. Like I would try to elevate what I was wearing a little bit, which was more than rolling out of bed and going to class, which I just wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, no one else but me was impacted by that decision, which is why when I got called high maintenance, I was the most frustrated because any decision that I made that would people would call me high maintenance about had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Like when we would go out I would never tell everyone like I need six hours to get ready so like do this this and this I would know like hey Jay like I'm gonna do my hair before everyone gets here because I don't want to stress there aren't enough outlets for everyone and then I'm gonna do my makeup in my room no one has ever waited for me for me to present 
myself in the manner in which I would like to present myself. And that was always really frustrating because like the decisions I made had nothing to do with impacting anyone else's time schedule. Like I'm very respectful and cognizant that like if I do want to do false lashes or I do want to air wrap my hair, Dyson, please sponsor us. I will put the time in. I will get up an hour early. I will work out early. I will do what it needs to do to accomplish what I would like at no one else's expense. And to me, the whole point of being high maintenance is you have an oblivion to that. You don't care the expense and the cost it does for other people. I agree. I think that to me, what it means to be high maintenance is that not only are your actions affecting others, but it's that you're expecting others to take actions that will help you. So for example, another friend and I, we had this conversation where she went on a date recently and uh, the guy was asking her like, oh, like your nails look cute. Like, where'd you get them done? And she was like, oh, I don't know, someplace in San Jose. And they, they were meeting in San Francisco and he's like, you drove all the way to San Jose to get your nails done? And she was like, yeah, why? And he's like, wow, you're really high maintenance. And she said like at that moment, she was just kind of like, I'm done. She's like, I, I was finished with my drink. I didn't order another. She's like, and then he was said something like, oh, you know, like you don't have to worry about paying for this. Like I've, I'll, I'll support you. And she was just like, Next. no, thank you. She like dropped a 10 on the table and walked away. And she was just like, absolutely not. She's like, I drove myself in my own car with my own money that I pay for the gas and the insurance and everything by myself for my own job to do something that makes me happy. She's like, I am not, she's like, I am, will never expect anyone to pay for something that I want that is just for me to make me happy. Oh, yes. And let's, Speaking of dates, I have some very, I don't know if you would say this is pro-feminist, anti-feminist, pro-woman, anti-woman stances here. I will never go on a date I can't pay my portion of. I agree. Will I let a man pay for me? Absolutely. But I will never go on a date I cannot pay my portion of. And that drives me insane. Mm Another thing which I've seen on TikTok is girls are like, well, he should pay. Why? Because my nails cost this much. Because my hair took this much time. Because my outfit is like, girl, that was your decision to do. Mm -hmm. That's all about how you want to feel and how you want to look and how you want to present yourself. He has nothing to do with that. Don't put that on him because you chose to get ready. And if you're whole like, well, the system tells me I have to be ready. It's like, fight the system. Welcome. Well, that, but also (laughs) it's like, Angela, like you've been on, like we've been on dates with like people. We've been on dates with the same person over and over. Like not 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 that we were seeing <laughs> the same person no. over and over. We've, <laughs> we we've dated individual people <laughs> for set amounts of time. Correct. And the point being, like, they don't care. I've never had a guy like critique my appearance or anything. And I've there are guys out there, and it's like the thing is like, if that's how you feel and that's the kind of guy you're seeking out, it's a projection thing. Like just like in college, when people would tell us like what we were wearing, like, oh my god, like frankly, like not to throw Angela under the bus or any of my other friends, but no, when any of them are like, Jayla, you're dressed too nicely, like I feel underdressed, that is a you problem. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't say like one, it's not like I was in a freaking ball gown. I just might have thrown on like a gold earring to match like the gold hardware on my purse and my boots and like a few extra bangles and like a lip gloss but like that is like not things like oh jay you're so overdressed you know how i dress you know how i like to dress and you get to wear what you want and it was never a thing i've like i've never made a comment about like my friends dressing poorly the only comments i have critiqued and it's not in my friend's appearance it's, like i'm a big thing of like hide your undergarments so it's like if i see mm. a thong if i see a bra strap if i see like a role that someone doesn't have but it's because of like indentation from like a garment i'll make that comment but it's never like angela like look who's slumming it at brunch 
I will say you are very good about that because I have had other people who like they have put it nicely but they've been like no leggings today please or like please dress up today and I mean you know frankly I'm I'm a more casual dresser so I I appreciate those kind of comments because then like I know I'm like oh I I need to step it up a little bit today but there are also people who we've encountered who like are they're not in our social circle but would kind of make comments like that so it's just like yeah that's that's high maintenance I think yeah. when you take it upon yourself to then critique how someone else is looking in comparison to you that's high maintenance yeah. I think for me high maintenance is like wrapped up or my, my level of high maintenance or version is like wrapped up into what I always call like the suitcase analogy of my suitcase if I am carrying it back to the airport will every time hit the 50 pound mark exactly 50 pounds I have a scale for a reason at home I can carry and did carry a 50 pound suitcase through Israel for 10 days by myself if I'm bringing a 50 pound suitcase it's because I can carry a 50 pound suitcase not because I'm expecting anyone to help carry it for me is it nice yes and I always appreciate it and I'm gracious when someone offers but I wouldn't do it without being able to do it myself like some people are like why'd you bring that like it's so heavy like did you expect someone else it's like no I didn't expect anyone else help mm-hmm. I wanted my curling iron and my extra boots exactly and I think it's just about like whatever you want be prepared to carry it yourself it's like I don't mm-hmm. care like what your support system looks like how like what your circle looks like if your friend only brought a carry-on and you have two um checked bags you should never expect anyone else to assist to assist yeah it's just and I think also with these like assumptions clearly we took part of it on because like we wouldn't be going on and on about this like Mm -hmm. if it didn't hit us in some way and I think for both of us it had a thing to do with like when especially when a female is called high maintenance it doesn't just mean like oh you like nice things or oh you have a sense of style or oh you're put together there's a lot it's a loaded word just like for me I used to like to coordinate my folders notebooks calculators pencils pencil cases backpacks all that jazz and like in college and in high school like guys would come up to me like oh I see you like pink or like is pink your favorite color and it's like whether it was meant to or not I had a chip because of this and it's like it felt like a loaded question like what do you think I'm a dumb idiot because like I have pink like I'm gonna score higher than you on the exams I'm a better student than you but like yes I do choose coordinate and have pink things but it doesn't mean anything and like I've been told now it's like are you sure it wasn't their way just to have conversations like yes and no because sometimes the tone Mm -hmm. like it's like you start to develop a sense about these things yeah sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not but it's always kind of a thing of like you're making a broad sweep of something that may or may not be true. Mm-hmm. And like, if that's your first interaction with me, there's a heck of a lot of other things you could say when you don't know me then. That. Exactly. Don't ask my nationality either, but like, there are other ways to say something. Well, I feel like that segues right into the next topic, because when you can just start to develop a sense about these things, oh my god, every time someone ever asks me if I have kids or where my kids are. I told you that. Angela said she had problems remembering what assumptions about her. And I reminded her of this one. I did, yes. Yeah, I I don't know why. Like, I don't know what it is necessarily about me. Because I'm not even that much of a kid person. Can I will, confirm. Yeah, like, I will say the one day we went to volunteer with children in college, my heart grew three sizes that day, like the Grinch. And it opened up and unfurled to the children. And I can... I'm a lot better with the non-breakable ones, but babies and all of that, 
I freak the F out. I do not really give off kid vibes at all. So whenever someone asks me, like, this is strangers. These are strangers usually, like, on, I don't want to say, like, on the street, because that makes it sound weird. <laughs> on the street with weird. Billy Eichner. But, you know, like, in lines, at, in a store, at a restaurant, or something like that, um, just, like, interacting with people, and we're speaking, and then they ask me, like, oh, so how many kids do you have? Or how old are your kids? And then, you know, when I let them know that I don't have any, they usually then follow that up, like, with a, another line of conversation. So, like, oh, like, are, are you in college? What are you doing? Well, if you think I'm in college, but I also had kids. Teen parents. Am I a teen parent? Yes. And frankly, just not to get like far too into a racially loaded conversation. But it's not not racially loaded. It, exactly, it is. But it's, I don't know, it's not one that I particularly enjoy because I feel like it's far too nuanced for me to even understand. But agreed. Why? Uh, yeah, just why are we making assumptions about teen parents? And why do we want to ask questions about it? I think one time in a store, this was when I was working, when I was working in retail, like someone actually asked asked me like how old my kids were and how old I was when I had them. I was just like, I, I don't have kids, ma'am. Have a nice day. Please leave. 23 and me got pushed back to October 12th. <gasps> That's so mean. Another update for the podcast, guys. Angela has sold her DNA to the government. Yeah, they're gonna clone me. Ooh, maybe they'll clone me Mr. Smith style and there will just be like a hundred thousand Angelas running around one day. That's terrifying. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Jay, did you, I know you had some trouble too, or you didn't think about them before we started recording. Have you thought of any assumptions people throw at you? That I'm a bitch. Like, I just had never had anyone actually say that to me until one of our sorority sisters told us after she joined as a new member my second year. Oh, the beloved, the one everyone wanted, the one you even wanted. She was like, oh my god, like, I thought you were so mean. Like, and the thing is, I had never been told this but like my anxiety helps to perpetuate my RBF, my resting bitch face. And I have resting bitch face in general. It's one of the reasons I'm wearing color now more to remind people <laughs> I am approachable. I'm friendly. I am a kind, lovely human being. But like I have resting bitch face. So like make people assume things like very often do I get shy. I get like, oh, you're a bitch or you're aggressive or yeah, those are the two. And I think like, is there merit? Yeah, a little bit. I can, I can be a bitch, but like, that's not the impression I'm trying to make, but I think where the assumption comes in is like a lot of times what people don't realize is like it's a a lot of things that I think because we're having more mental health conversations, I think it's good. It's like I don't have social anxiety, but like I do have like anxiety talking to new people and meeting new people, mm-hmm. how I'm interacting. And it's like I'm in my head a lot and that can often come off as like a glazed look where like, oh, you're too good to be here or you don't want to talk to me or things that I work on really hard and I try to make mitigate like. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that was like definitely a thing I've had to work through. And it's like, I think being more open and being able to like, hey, like I'm just like really anxious and like, I'm so sorry. Like, and giving that space is good for people. And it's like better because I think part of the reason why our BF and why things are so hard is because you had to fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. No, and I think that just that opens the con- like the conversation that we were having in the cultural appropriation conversation. It's like please give people grace or just like a little bit of grace before you start assigning attributes to them or deciding where 
like your boundary lines are because when did it stop being okay to give people like 30 minutes to settle in because they might be shy? I feel like that's just not something I hear anymore. Like more and more I hear like, oh, so like I tried to hold a conversation with them, but like they didn't say anything. So I just walked away. But when you ask like, oh, like what did you talk about? They asked one question and then walked away. Well, like not to go back on like Bama Rush TikTok, but like recruitment. Like so mm-hmm. many girls were like, she seemed uninterested. It's like, well, like, did you ask her something necessarily interesting enough to answer? Right. There are clear signals when someone's uninterested. Like it's not that like their face is glazed over, but like they might like be looking around or like the short answers when they're not listening to you versus like, have you asked someone a question that they can't answer? Like if you ask like, oh, do you like to dance? They're like, oh, you know, I'm not really much of a dancer. Oh, okay. It's like she didn't make an effort in the conversation. Well, no, it's like if you asked her if she liked to dance and she said no, but then you proceeded to talk about how you take like six dance classes a week, there's not really much for her to talk about there other than you. And the whole point (laughs) of recruitment is to get to know potential new members. But like actives would judge Mm PMs off of this. Like they didn't really seem interested. It's like, well, because they weren't asking like how your life is going. For example, sometimes there may be a little bit of matchmaking going on. Mm -hmm. And like, let's say Angela came to talk to me and all they told me is Angela's from the Bay Area. Oh, so you're from the Bay Area. And like, that's all I can go off with Angela. But if she's a completely different person than I am and has different interests and life goals, Mm -hmm. for all I know, she could be like super religious and conservative. But like, oh, but we're from the Bay Area. So therefore we can hold a conversation versus like, even if that was true, but she loved Gilmore Girls and we could relate on that. We could have a much fuller conversation, which is one of the reasons like why I mentioned like way back when in our dating episode, my dating episode, I'm... I always try to find what people are passionate about, whether Mm. I care about it or not. Because when someone is interested in something, the way they speak about it and the way they will open up Mm -hmm. is what connection really, to me, truly is about. So it's like, for example, we'll reference her again. Olivia, Angela's little. (laughs) The only thing Angela told me about her when she picked her up as a little was like, oh, she looks Grey's Anatomy. So the first day, the first thing I said, was like, hey, like, welcome. I heard you look Grey's Anatomy. And like, Olivia, like, took some, like, chocolate shell breaking down to, like, get Mm -hmm. to talk to her. But it was a thing of, like, it was some thing. It's like you need an entry point. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be better at giving people entry points, but also knowing where our entry points are and putting in equal effort that way as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that for you, if I may, I think for you, what makes it a little bit complicated is like you really try to look for those entry points. But then sometimes if you run into someone who is like you and they're also looking, but also on the shyer side, there's y'all are just hitting the wall together. Do you have a human example? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, well, the most recent one that I can think of is when I introduced you to said new person that I'm dating. And I like tried to tell both of you like as much as I could about the other. So like- I hit every you. point on that list. <laughs> yes, I know you did hit every point on that list. It's so funny because literally like both of you came at it from the same way of like, I'm looking for the other to extend an olive branch to me (laughs) because I extended every olive branch. Yes, yes, you did extend olive branches. (laughs) I offered this dude ice cream because Angela told me (laughs) how they love going out for ice cream. And I found a place that does ice cream flights And he said no. Okay, in his defense, it was like 50-some degrees outside and both of us were freezing. Hoes don't get cold. I know. Well, at least I know I'm not dating a hoe. Congrats. So so there's that, I guess. Wait, so actually, wait, so, so he got cold. 
but I didn't really, uh, I was kind of cold. Does that make me the hoe in this relationship? Yes. Damn. Well, you ate ice cream. Mm-hmm. I did eat the ice cream. Very good ice cream. But carry on with your assessment. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's just the, the, fr- the last example I could think of. But no, like I've, I've seen you encounter people who are also similarly shy and it can, it can take a while because both of you are like trying, but if you're not necessarily hitting the mark that the other is prepared for, it can, it can take a little bit. We will continue this conversation <laughs> after. What do people assume about you? We'll do one more each. Okay. Um, Ooh, I have another one if you don't have one yet. Go for it. I think this one kind of goes off something, and I think it screwed with my dating life. I have a bunch of other things. My friends perpetually told me, and I think they meant it in, like, a light way, and I don't think they necessarily meant it, but it's like, the more you hear something, the more true it becomes. That I would be a one-and-done relationship person. Ah, yes. Angela being included in this group Yes, I I have said this many a time. And I think... Pre-J's dating life. Yes. And I think hitting lighthearted, and I think I like have had numerous struggles dating. Datathon might not make it look, but like date, it, there was a lot to build to Datathon. And for me, it was a thing of like we all want the fairy tale, I burn for you, Bridgerton romance that Shonda Rhimes shows us. But like realistically, it's not gonna happen. And realistically, that's not frankly even the best relationship or the perfect way for everyone to go about being a relationship. But being like that, I was a bit more naive, fairy tale oriented, and then all my friends affirm like Jay you're gonna like be married the first person like we just see that for you and although it was meant in a loving endearing way it's also like a message like the a belief like I told myself like oh the first guy you date so the first guy I date had a lot of weight on them and then like when it didn't work out or when it doesn't work out it's like well fuck like that means I'm just never gonna find anyone and like yes I'm not that dramatic <laughs> like I have dated since the first person I dated like we're good we're back on the horse datathon was after that like we're trying but it's a thing of like I had a lot of pressure for every date I went on because I was like well, it needs to be the one. I need to know it's the one. It has to be the one. I'm I'm someone who's only supposed to have one, which isn't fair to me, isn't fair to the person I'm dating, mm-hmm. isn't the most likely chance for success. And like that was something that was an assumption that like, and granted, I'm not, I'm, I'm working on the emotional intelligence and the emotional intimacy and like opening up and my attachment style and all that fun stuff. And like, I'd say I, I'm like, I'm doing the work. I'm not like, I don't want to say like I'm ahead of people or I'm behind people. It's like, but I'm actively doing the work to improve these things. So like, I'm on that path. I'm on that journey. I'm working on it. So it's like, I can also like, even though I haven't had as much relationship experience as a lot of people, because I'm doing a lot of the self work to make myself the best for relationships, I think that also added to it. Like, Jay, you're doing so much work to like, be ready for that partner that by the time you find someone like it'll click and that's not not the case because then it's like putting you into the whole position of like oh it's for your work to then fit into this other person not to find the person that fits with you and to fix them based on the work I've been doing which Mm -hmm. isn't fair to them PSA don't try to fix people guys people that's what they're interested for well people will only change when they want when they decide that they want to change no matter how much you try Mm-hmm. Do you have an assumption to wrap us out on? End of this. Okay, we'll we'll go with this one. Ooh, the assumption that I do not wash my face or take off my makeup. You don't take off your makeup. Okay, I do take off my makeup now. In college, yes, when we would go out to parties, I would sleep in that makeup because I would not want to take the time to take it off. I would take it off the next morning, but I very actively always have kept up with washing my face. I unfortunately have not been genetically blessed with my skin. I have... Hormonal acne. Yeah, I have... Genetic acne. 
hormonal i i don't know what it is i do get hormonal acne i think just like i'm there's something floating on here probably in the genome that like makes me more predisposed to things like this i found out since jay turned me on to dr v that just having um like people with more melanin in their skin tone are more likely to scar and have things like that occur so you know when i have a very simple breakout even if i don't touch it i don't pop it i do everything that i'm supposed to i ice it i compress it i use like the little bit of salicylic acid i will still end up with a scar and so it's one of those things that has it wasn't so much of a problem in high school but once i got to college everyone wanted to offer me their advice about what to do with my skin and a lot of it started with just like well what are you doing to wash your face like are you using bar soap and i'm like no like i actually use facial cleansers like i've been to the dermatologist there's a lot of stuff happening here and it's minimizing in a way because it's like especially like if you if you came to my house right now and you looked in my medicine cabinet like all over my counter there are all of these different things that i have to treat my face for like the various stages that it goes through so when i hear things like well you just need to wash your face better please step out of the conversation to be fair i made those comments only after seeing you would sleep in makeup i didn't just like yes. bring it up like oh you don't wash your face it was after actively seeing you didn't wash your face in makeup that i asked like well how often do you wash your face yes no you you i mean i will say like out of like the i mean you have, you, you didn't even really say it a lot but out of like the few times that you said it you probably did it in the most respectful way out of everyone else who's ever brought it up to me also all of the products that you use are because i recommended them to you i want it <laughs> on record i told angela so as soon as i heard this theory which made complete sense but i was even ignorant to it at the time that people sometimes you think they have very oily skin actually a very dry skin but the oils are not like because their skin is oily it's overly producing because there's not enough hydration to it i told angela this a year and a half or since the pandemic like two years ago and she did not believe me until someone at Sephora sold her some oil or something and then decided to tell me about this miracle product. Oh, I think it was when I went to go get a facial. Either okay. way. But yes, yes, you told me this a few years ago and then it was only like three months into the pandemic that I started to believe you and then started using everything that you recommended. So if you do ever want to look at my entire medicine cabinet, it is all sponsored by Jay. Thank you. And does work really well for my skin, I might add. You just need the new tool I just got. Mm-hmm. I know that's very exciting because right now I think I'm using a lot of vitamin C and hyaluronic acid to shrink my pores and it works but it's just lots of sunscreen yeah also with many people in our lives multiplying at the moment gotta be careful because there's a lot of skincare you can't use while you're really pregnant. skincare is like there are a lot of lines you can't like no retinols I know retinol is the big one no Botox <laughs> No filler, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, no filler. I wonder if you have to get it dissolved. I don't know. Very interesting. We will look that one up. But yeah, those are those are some of the assumptions people have about us that have been weighing on us. Whether we, I mean, whether we hear them or not anymore, it, they still sit with us and they still shaped part of who we were before. We all have these and I think the important part necessarily isn't to be like they were right or they were wrong or don't tell me that or you know nothing. It's to just like think about like I always go back to this quote that I really liked from like Dak Shepard where on his podcast he said if someone made fun of me for being short I would like laugh in their face because like he's six tall. <laughs> I don't know he's over six foot and he knows he's tall but he's like if one person questioned my intelligence like I would freak out. I'd be triggered. Essentially I'd be triggered and I'd flip out. So any assumption that kind of like rubs you the wrong way or gives you a tick 
probably has like a smidge of truth in there that either you're avoiding, you don't want to know, or like attaches to a belief you have about yourself, which is why I think the ones we brought up like all had some basis of either truth or confirmation of a negative belief we had about ourselves. And so I think just acknowledging that that's why these assumptions, why what assumptions get to you get to you and trying to figure out what you can do to help yourself, help those around you. And as one of the missions of this podcast, just be a better, kinder person because we can all do that. Here, here. And on that note, Thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at In Omnia Pod on Instagram and let us know what you'd like to hear about in the comments. Bye. Bye.